listening to the No Life Skills Podcast with your host, Ashlyn. My advice for other sex workers, don't do what I did. Giving you an inside look at the fascinating world of sex work. Yeah, a little bit awkward, but uh, informational, I guess. Connect with other professionals and allies of the industry. I was like, wow, this is easy money. Now, join the conversation while we share inspiring stories on the No Life Skills Podcast. Welcome to my very special guest, my hot man meet. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Very excited to talk to you all, I guess. All right. So one thing that my fans always want to know, are you really in the military? Yeah. Yeah, I am, unfortunately. No, I'm just kidding. He's not kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I am. I joined right when I was 18. I'm in the Air Force and been doing it ever since. It definitely has its ups and downs, but it is a very, very rewarding career for sure. And the opportunities and the things that you get to see and do are are very unique. That's for sure. Would you say there's any crossover between sex work and being in the military? As it, in, Are there similarities? Oh, I mean, you just have to get used to getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, I would say that's probably the biggest similarity. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. And everybody hates you. Well, there's some people that like military people, but I don't know. A lot of people make fun of sex workers. I'd make fun of guys in the military, (laughs) unfortunately. But you're Canada's hero. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that ringing endorsement. (laughs) All righty. So do you want to tell the story of how we met? Yeah, absolutely. So we met a couple years ago. We met on an online app. It's called Hinge. Highly recommend. (laughs) And I think that the first time we talked to each other, we we chatted for a little bit and then I ended up ghosting you and you ended up ghosting me back. And I think what, a couple months later, we reconnected again. I sent you a proverbial rose on the dating app and I was like, hey, what's up? I'm here. I'm ready for you to ruin my life. And uh, you took that as a challenge and here we are now. Yes, yes. I took that uh, challenge very seriously. How's the life ruining going? Is your life ruined? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely crumbling all around me. You know, I see my bedroom's gotten upgrades. We just redid the back porch. So clearly, clearly my life is falling apart. Yes, redid the bathroom. I just redid his whole house. <laughs> so do you remember what initially attracted you to me? Other than physical attraction or... Well, obviously my fat titties, but what else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely the fat titties. But I think a lot of it had to do with our first conversation that we had and just how easy and comfortable it all felt. I think that was definitely like the initial attraction. Okay. And I was just attracted to you because you said uh, your profession on the dating app. And I thought, oh, he's probably rich. So should definitely swipe on him. Yeah. And then you found out I was in the military and you're like, wow. And not even living in the same city as me. He lied. He had on his profile he was in the same city, but he's a liar. Yeah. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Yeah. It worked out though. No, I was not lying. I was in that city and then I was no longer in that city. You were there for the weekend every once in a while. So? (laughs) I was in the city. Like that's not my problem. We matched while I was in the city. Whatever. (laughs) 
Anyways, so our first date, well, actually, the let's go back before. Um, so before we even met, we chatted on the phone for about three hours, like one phone call was three hours. And I told you that I was a hooker and you didn't believe me. So what what was your reaction when I first revealed my profession? Definitely shock. Um, a little a little bit of everything. I was definitely very skeptical at first because no one that I know of has been in the same profession and I've never ever been exposed to that sort of industry. So you got me. It was I definitely did not believe you. I even talked to one of my buddies about it at the time. And I was like, dude, I don't know if this chick is fucking with me. Like, I don't know what's up here. But and I think at the time, we definitely determined that you might have been fucking around. And then I think the next conversation we had, I asked you uh, if you were being serious or not. And you're like, yeah, no, like 100%. Like, this is what's up. And you know, I think we just kind of rolled with it from then. Yep. And he said to me, well, I just care if you're a nice person. So that's proof I am a nice person, everyone. So yeah, our first phone conversation, he looked on my Twitter profile, which was embarrassing. I had a few embarrassing things on there at the time. And he said he listened to a few episodes of my podcast. So yeah, he definitely believed me and he still wanted to meet me. So he came all the way to Edmonton, took me on a little date. We went for pizza and I got mushroom pizza and he hates mushrooms. So I'm surprised that he made a move to even kiss me after I ate mushroom pizza and it kept burping. It kept tasting mushrooms. So anyways, that was romantic. And then I let him hit it twice and I gave him the gluck gluck 15,000. And that's the moment he fell in love. Pretty much. That's exactly how that story goes. <laughs> and then I solicited him to be my OnlyFans content partner. And that is how I've begun my very exciting and incredible career as a male porn star yes yes so uh, i'm just kidding i'm not actually a male porn star well you have many fans <laughs> you have many fans on my only fans actually you are the most popular um creator i've ever worked with how do you feel about that that you so many thousands of people have seen your cock online definitely a mixed bag of emotions first and foremost for everybody that's my fan thank you very much i really really appreciate the validation but I truly believe it's not really something that gets me off or anything like that. I mostly do it because you ask me to and I'm, who am I to say no to sex? You know, if you're going to be like, hey, let's fuck. I'm always going to say yes. That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being a great stunt cock for me. <laughs> Did you ever think when you were younger that you would grow up to be great friends with an escort and starring in her OnlyFans content? Absolutely not. So how much money would it take for you to let me fuck Jason Love on camera? There is no amount of money in this world that that, that I would be okay with that. Unless, unless you did it, I got half and I just never had to see you again because there's no way you're coming back from that. There's just, it's just not happening. He doesn't want me to get the glizzy destruction. Only I give you the glizzy destruction. Yeah, so he's not really a cuck, unfortunately, unlike Adam22. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. But basically this Lena porn star girl fucked Jason Love and she just got married to this Adam guy. 
And then everyone said he was a cuck. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a cuck, okay? But it's just not for us, apparently. <sighs> not apparently. It's not. <laughs> there's no apparently. It's just not. <laughs> not a thing. Okay. Okay, going back to you learning about my profession, how has your perception of my job in sex work in general evolved since then in the last two years? Mm, that is a, that's a good, great question. I think that obviously at the very beginning, me not knowing anything and being totally ignorant of the entire industry, not really even fully understanding what it was and like even what you do. Um, my understanding of the whole industry and that profession has definitely, definitely, definitely changed. I've learned so much about things. I have got to witness firsthand certain aspects of 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 your career. Like what? Just just filming together, editing, that sort of thing. Like a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff that people don't necessarily think about that goes into it. Are you saying that I actually work hard? No, definitely not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, you do. You work really, really hard. Honestly, you work way more than me. I go to work. I'll come home and you'll still be working. So it it is a lot of work. A lot of people can have the misconception that, oh, maybe it's easy you're just doing this one thing, whatever. But no, it, it definitely is not easy. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And in terms of how I view sex work just in general, I feel like since we've talked, obviously I was ignorant about it. But at the same time, I don't necessarily feel like I hated it or was super against it or anything. I feel the same way I used to feel, just way more educated. Thank you. <laughs> so you I, you have a better understanding and more respect for sex workers? Yeah, absolutely. What about the one time I took you to the strip club and got you your first lap dance? That was fun. I, I had a good time. <laughs> yes, I've exposed him to all areas of the industry. Yeah, you took me to a sex club on our second date. Yeah, actually, that was my first time at a sex club, too. And he wasn't going to come at first. He got there real late. Yeah, I went with my best friend, Blake. So the first time Manmeet and Blake met, he saw her getting railed in a corner at the sex club. So, and to me, these things are just normal. So this innocent little guy from, <laughs> well, I won't say where, but <laughs> poor, poor thing. We went to the sex club and it was like a voyeur exhibitionist night. So you could either watch or be watched. So I just remember we were sitting on the couch, like when he first got there and the fear and terror in this man's eyes. Oh, dear God. Oh, you have no idea. Okay, there's context to this, okay? I was out with my friends. We were all having a great time. And I got a text from you being like, hey, you should meet me at this like random location. No, I told you way ahead of time. Well, to you come. told me you told me what it was, but you didn't tell me like the address, nothing until that night when I texted you. And I was like, hey, like, what's up, blah, blah, blah. And you sent me this location. And I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I was thinking with my dick. And <laughs> I got in the Uber and the Uber starts driving. And we're like driving, leaving kind of the downtown area. And I'm like, where the fuck are we going? And it drops me off at this like complex. There's empty buildings. It's like, beside all... a... it's like an industrial area. Yeah, an industrial area. All the lights are off. 
I'm super confused. I'm just like, this girl's going to rob me. Like, <laughs> And then, yeah, and then I saw you come out. We went in and, oh my God, I was, it was sensory overload. It was, the bottom half was just very normal. It was like a club, you know, you go in, normal bar, you go out, you, you buy a beer, whatever. And then you go upstairs, there's this big security guy, opens the little red, uh, what do you call it? Like unhooks like the red thingy like on the red carpet and shit. Oh, was it that? Yeah, it was that. He unhooked one of those like red things that and you go through like the little gate. And when you go upstairs, there's just couches, there's booths. And oh my God, it's just like a fuck frenzy. And so at the time I was, I was like, I don't know how to handle this because I don't know where to look. I feel kind of awkward because I've never been in this situation. So I'm like... Would they feel do I awkward? get a boner or not? Literally, literally. I was in my head, there's so many things going on that I was like, okay, what is appropriate? What is not appropriate? Like, what is this? Like, can I do that? And I think that compounded with the fact that this was our second date. And I was like, holy fuck, this is this one's new. <laughs> you know, go big or go home, right? And now he'll never forget me. Yeah, I think I knocked you up in the sex club that night. Yeah, so I got knocked up at a sex club on the second date. So after our second date, I go home. I'm at the gym a couple weeks later, and I get a text. Not even a phone call. I get a text. I barely knew you. <laughs> and it was a picture of a positive like pregnancy test. So mid-set, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I rack it up. I call her. I'm like... Yo, what is going on? And we had a, a, definitely a couple hour long conversation about everything. And, you know, it worked out. It was in God's hands. Um, it was just not meant to be. To be clear, I did not have an abortion at that time. I had a miscarriage. <laughs> yeah. And this was like over two years ago now. So I feel fine talking about it. But yeah, that's a doozy for a second date. And you think that experience made us cl grow closer? <laughs> You I'm, couldn't go to the gym for six months after that. You're traumatized. <laughs> I mean, trauma or trauma bonding builds better bonds, right? I suppose. I did say I was going to ruin your life. I tried. I wanted those military benefits, and God had other plans. You know, when I saw that text, I'm not even going to lie. I was like, oh, my God, my life is ruined. It's so over right now. Fuck. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. But hey, adapt and overcome, baby. Yes, yes. So everything worked out. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's go back to talking about me and my job. Uh, how do you navigate any feelings of jealousy or insecurity that might arise due to my work? Lots and lots and lots and lots of communication. But uh, how do you navigate? Oh, how, okay. Never mind. You're answering the question. Sorry. My brain's not working. No, lots and lots and lots of communication. Obviously, this is the first sort of relationship that I've ever been in that is anything of this sort. So it has come definitely with a learning curve. There's feelings that I feel like I've experienced that I don't think I've ever experienced before in relationships. Like what? Just the type of jealousy. What you know? type? The burning kind. <laughs> and be like, fuck! Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I like should say that. But just being completely honest, it, it is one of the challenges, the hurdles that you have to overcome. And I think with constant communication and just being on the same page together has really helped 
mitigate a lot of these feelings. And a lot of these feelings, they come from your own insecurities and your own ignorance of certain things. So as I've learned more and more about your like profession and stuff, it has allowed me to feel less and less jealous in a way, or I've gotten better at mitigating certain feelings just by talking to you. Yeah, because you're, you know, you're a smart guy and we've had many conversations about how my work is just that it's work. So it's not nothing personal. And to me, I see it as a job and it's been my career for a long time. And I choose to hang out with you for free and um, have raw sex with you. (laughs) So you are special and you know that, I hope, right? Yeah, yeah. No, uh, you do a good job of communicating that with me. Thank you. I try really hard. I've worked very hard on my communication skills over the years. You've been you've been asking me a lot of questions and I want to ask take a chance to ask you a couple. So, can you share a moment in our relationship over the course of the last few years where you felt the deepest emotional connection with me and at what point of our relationship do you think that happened okay well first of all we're not in a relationship so I don't know where you got that from you're just my sneaky link man meat (laughs) but let's see a moment where I felt the deepest emotional connection yeah in a hypothetical world if if me and you were together during our time together can you share a moment of deep yes I'm thinking I'm thinking (laughs) I'm just thinking well there's lots like there is lots I just don't know how to say it I think uh just spending more and more time with each other and just like doing normal things with each other, you know, going to sleep, waking up with each other, doing things around the house, meeting your family, sharing our love for cats with each other, you know, just living life together and talking about the future. Yeah, that's that's when I feel I felt the deepest emotional connection with you the last few months, I would say. Another question that I have is earlier we were talking about work. Um, and you asked me how I felt about it. So how this this question's twofolded. How do you feel about the work that you do? And how do you separate your work from real life? Which work are we talking about? Are we talking about escorting or OnlyFans or both? Both. Okay, so being a sex worker in general, I I think I have dealt with like a lot of internalized whorephobia, but I've also worked through that and I did hide my job from my family for a long time until I got outed and that was very difficult for me and now that I've been out with everyone in my life like literally everybody knows what I do basically I do feel a lot better about my work and not that I didn't feel good uh, before necessarily but now that I just I don't have secrets yeah I like it a lot better and I'm proud of everything that I've accomplished and you know all the things that sex work has allowed me to do like travel and you know do whatever I want and have so much flexibility with my time like I am very proud of the brand and the business that I've built and then how do I separate work life from real life for me it's always been easy to separate the two I don't find that I get the two mixed up in any way you know I do enjoy my work a lot of the time and I do have I guess like a friendship with my clients but I don't have like a deep emotional connection to them like I do with with my man meet here so it's very different when work is over work is over you know like I don't I don't really think about the sessions afterwards or anything so it's easy for me to just switch from work to work to real life so it's not difficult at all to me sex and intimacy are very different things so what I do at work I'm having sex and what I do with my man meet 
behind closed doors in private is is intimacy. So that's that's a big difference. Not that. Well, yeah, I'll leave it there. <laughs> so do you have any advice for people in similar situations that maybe have trouble separating the two? I think to be successful in this industry, you have to learn how to separate the two or else you're going to be exhausted and all cut up and all like getting crushes on your clients. And I think it just comes down to a boundary issue. I think you have to be very firm with your own personal boundaries and what you're willing, not even what you do with clients, but like how emotionally connected you get with them. You know, I think it's always good to have professional boundaries because this is a profession. And I don't think not having a work-life balance is healthy for anybody in any career. And that is what leads to being miserable with your job and burnout. So yeah, I think it's very important to have have a professional like work-life balance and to turn turn off the work phone sometimes. Live your life away from being a sex worker. Because I think even for me, sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that, be my whole identity. So I really do try and make a, make an effort now to put the phone away. Don't look at the work phone. You know, yeah, just just have boundaries. It's very important. Earlier on in this podcast, you quickly brought up the issues that you had with your family after coming out. Do you think that you would be able to talk a little about how it's affected you? How maybe you think it will affect you in the future and how you're working past these issues in your personal life stemming from your career? Oh my God, coming in with the hard-hitting questions, hey? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think I've talked about this like a couple of years ago on my podcast. So basically, if anyone doesn't know, my brother outed me about three years ago to my parents. And my parents are pretty conservative people. My brother found out about what I do for work because his him and his buddies were looking on Leolist one time and they came across me. Joke's on them. So he found out a couple years prior to him outing me to my family. And so anyways, he outed me to my family. I didn't think that he would. We kind of made the decision that we weren't going to tell my parents because we know how they are and we didn't think it would go well. And then, yeah, all of a sudden one day over something stupid, he decided to text my mom and tell him that I'm a hooker and <laughs> that turned my world upside down. So, yeah, basically I had to move. I had to get a new phone number. I had to I almost had to file a police report because my dad was like harassing me for months and months on end. Um, yeah, it was really difficult. And yeah, it just sucks because I knew like I had a pretty good idea. This is exactly what would happen. So the fact that I was right, it just sucks. And I did feel really bad about hiding it from them, but I also have a lot of other support in my life. So through a lot of therapy, actually, I got over it and realized hiding it from them was the best thing. And I knew that there was a chance my dad could find out or one of his friends would find out, whatever. And I just thought, well, if that happens, it is what it is. But yeah, um, I think it was a lot harder a couple a few years ago when it first, first happened. My dad looked on my website, on my social media. He was constantly emailing me, harassing me, like told me I was going to die alone with AIDS in jail. Um, yeah, told me I was disgusting, blah, blah, blah. You know, it goes on and on, whatever. Uh, what I've learned now, he, you know, he's just projecting. He is a very miserable, sad man. Unfortunately, uh, unconditional love is not something he has the capacity to do. And it's not about me. It's about him. Over the last few years, I've told him if he would go to therapy, work on himself, I would be interested in talking with him. And he couldn't do that for me. So I went no contact. And since then, me and my mom have reconnected a little bit. But things are not the same. And I don't know if they ever will be. 
and that's okay. It, it is sad. And, you know, I really have empathy for anyone else who's been outed and has lost their family over something like this. Uh, it's really too bad. And I haven't talked to my brother since this happened. And I, I don't know if I ever will. Yeah, one more funny thing uh, that happened not too long ago, actually. So I know this other woman in the business and <laughs> she was actually freestyling at one of the nice restaurants in town here and came across my dad. And my, she knew that he was my dad because he showed her a picture of me and said, do you know this girl? And she said she replied with, everybody knows her. So anyways, my dad, uh, who disowned me for being a hooker, actually was trying to pick one up. So maybe I'll have her come on the podcast and we can laugh about how pathetic that is. Wow, that that definitely would have been so incredibly difficult for anybody to have dealt with in their lives. And you're definitely very strong for overcoming problems like this. Do you have any advice for people in a similar sort of situation that are maybe looking to come out to people in their lives or that have been outed? If you could go back in time, do you think that maybe you would have told them or do you think the way things played out is like the best way things could have been played out? Okay, do I have any advice for people looking to come out? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you're comfortable coming out and it's your choice, go ahead. Like that decision was not made by me. I had made my decision and come to terms with the fact that I did not want my family to know and that choice was taken away from me by my brother outing me. And if you've thought about it and you're comfortable coming out, sure, come out. And, you know, to be honest, I've seen a lot of girls come out and most of the time their parents still like they have no problem with it. Like this is the most traumatic, dramatic coming out experience I've ever seen online. And that's not to say like this hasn't happened to other people. I'm sure it has. But yeah, I think for the most part, people seem to be pretty open minded and supportive nowadays. So yeah, and I think it's just important to think about, you know, especially if you live in a place where it's not legal, you know, being face out or telling people around you, it's just up to what you're comfortable with. I know some people are very secretive and don't want to tell anybody that they're a sex worker, and that's fine. It's just all up to personal preference. Okay, and if I could go back in time, if I could do anything different, would I tell my parents or would I let things happen as they did? Um, I would not change anything. This was something I told my mom that, like, I don't feel bad about lying to them for years. I really don't because look what happened. I hurt my entire family in the process and it's ripped everyone apart. Like, I, I don't even talk to my extended family anymore, really, because my dad told everybody else about me. So, yeah, I don't regret what happened at all. And I am kind of relieved that I was outed now because the trash took itself out. My dad was a piece of shit and now I don't have to waste any more time dealing with him. I think everything worked out the way it was supposed to, and I don't regret my decision to hide it from them. How do you feel about how the stigma of sex work has evolved over time? Because I've definitely noticed it where it is a lot more common now. A lot more women have OnlyFans, are in the industry. And for the most part, the majority of people that I have talked to, seen online, everyone seems okay with it and is definitely starting to become part of the norm. I think it is becoming more normalized. And I also think people definitely still hate sex workers because sex workers are still getting murdered. Sex workers are still getting assaulted and beat up and robbed and all these terrible things. So um, there's definitely still people out there that do not like sex workers. And if you just go on any uh, comment section on Twitter, you know, there's this... Uh, <laughs> this trend now of disgusting fatherless behavior, which people often comment on my social media, which I think is funny because, yeah, I don't have a father. 
I think the stigma has has changed a lot, and I think that's good. And I also think a lot of people now have nudes on the internet and videos on the internet, and they're not going to be successful, and that stuff is hard to take back. There's there's good and there's bad. Uh, I mean, what do you think about my family disowning me, and do you think that affects our relationship, and how do you think it will affect us and our future, like our future skin children or whatever? Future skin children, huh? That's a, that's we, a new one. Well, we have fur children already. I don't think what you have going on with your family is really going to affect our relationship. Of course, you know, I would want you to have a great relationship with your parents and stuff like that, but if it's not like that. It's not like that. And it is what it is. I don't think it'll affect our future skin children or anything like that at all whatsoever because we have my parents and my parents are amazing, caring, awesome people. And I don't ever feel like you or our future skin children will ever feel the lack of parental love in your life. That's good that they can make it make up for my parents not being there. <laughs> what are some of the most exciting and adventurous experiences we've had together as a couple other than the sex club? Exciting and adventurous experiences. Traveling, we've went to we went to the mountains, go to Vancouver. Hopefully we'll be going out of the country on that international visit we have planned soon. So a lot of travel because I love travel. I know you love travel. Other than that, I feel like a lot of the things that we do, we enjoy because they're very normal and simple. Cooking meals together, cuddling on the couch, playing with cats, gardening. I really appreciate that aspect of normalcy in our relationship because outside of our relationship, I have a pretty exciting adrenaline-fueled job. So just taking a step back and chilling is, is, is what I love the most. I agree. Yeah, I don't think we necessarily chase exciting and adventurous experiences, <laughs> although I am open to them, just not all the time because, you know, we're tired. <laughs> we will have those experiences, more of them. But yeah, to me, ex being exciting is just living life together. That's what excites me. All right, man meat. In what ways has being in a relationship with a sex worker and content creator broadened your understanding of sexuality and intimacy? It's a, that's a hard question, too. I have, an, I have an idea. I think you've gotten a better understanding of the difference between sex and intimacy because before, I think to you, sex and intimacy were very intertwined. And now I think because I have sex for my job sometimes, <laughs> he's making a face. But, you, you know, like you kind of like, you know, there's a difference now, which you, maybe you didn't before. Would you say that's true? Yes. No. Yeah. Like that's true. Okay. Okay. Like, no, I'm being a dick or like, Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, know, I know that's true. <laughs> and I guess I've taught you a lot about all sorts of new fetishes. So that that's broadened your understanding of sexuality. So what what kind of what kind of uh, new fetishes have you found out about since meeting me? Uh, I've discovered that I have a praise kink. Never knew that one before until you. So that <laughs> one's that one's definitely and a breeding fetish. I, yeah, that one's new too. I don't know where they're all coming from, but I now have a praise and breeding fetish. Often together. <laughs> what do you think about when I blow up balloons and pop them or yell at men or make their make them eat their cum? You know, stuff like that. You know, those kinds of fetishes. What do you think about that? Is that interesting? Well, me personally, I've been a firm believer of never yucking anyone's yum. So if other people out there like it, 
then they like it. Like, who am I to judge or comment on what other people like? So I don't think anything of it. But you didn't know about all these crazy things before meeting me, right? No, definitely not. Like, obviously, I knew about some things. It is the internet. We are young. So (laughs) a lot of things like the balloon thing, that's that's new to me. That's awesome. Yeah. But I have definitely learned a lot of interesting new fetishes that are out there outside of that. You know, they're not my fetishes and I'm not, you know, judging them. So all the power to you, whatever you like. Amen to that. We don't kink shame around here. Let's see. Can you share a moment when you felt particularly proud of me and my accomplishments in my career? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I can. I think one of the moments that sticks out to me outside of this podcast, because first and foremost, I would just like to say since the day we started talking, this is something that I've been telling you to pursue because I think it's so interesting. I think that having an open dialogue about these kinds of things is what helps kill the negative stigma of sex work. So I the podcast to me is definitely my like, ah, I'm so happy you're doing this. The other one is your growth on OnlyFans that I know you are so excited about, which in turn makes me excited. So just seeing your progression from not really doing uh, the podcast or not really taking the OF seriously to what you're doing now and the grind that you're putting in on a daily basis is what I think makes me the most proud. Oh, thank you. Yes, I am working very hard and I'm excited to be back. What do you think are the most positive aspects of being in a relationship with a sex worker? What are the good things? You definitely learn to communicate a lot more. You get to broaden your horizons on things that you may have never experienced on your own. For example, the threesome that we had. Yep. <laughs> never never would have done that on my own. Well, maybe, but maybe, I made yeah. it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, you shout out Blake. <laughs> <laughs> what about financially, time freedom? Can you speak a little about that? Oh, yeah. Like, you make way more money than me without... Not, not saying you don't work hard or anything. Like, you just... The way that you make your money by being your own boss and everything is awesome i obviously having your own schedule having your own say in all of the things that you do that's definitely a favorite part of mine the other thing is again the flexibility you know you can come to my place you stay here for a while you do your work you can leave whereas obviously it's not the same for me to do with my job so the flexibility the financial freedom everything that Basically, you've said you like about doing this is about the same as I would say. Yeah, I agree. All right. So we've got some funny questions coming up, some rapid fire questions, but I want to leave the serious stuff off with asking you any last piece of advice that you would give to someone else in a relationship with a sex worker. Communicate, communicate, communicate. And honestly, if you feel like something is not for you or, in, on the other hand, in the sex worker's case, if you feel like your partner is not 
fully supporting you or they sometimes they make like those comments like passive aggressive comments stuff like that and vice versa like it goes both ways then really really contemplate if this sort of relationship is right for you because it can get really fucking miserable really fucking fast when you know you can allow yourself to fester in your own jealousies insecurities uh, by not communicating certain things and building up resentment. So final piece of advice, communicate and really come to terms with yourself if this is something that's right for you. Because it's not right for everybody and that's totally okay. Thank you. I think that's great advice. All right, some rapid fire questions. What's the most adventurous place you'd like to have an intimate moment with me? Flying you in the plane. Mile High Club, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to rent a plane. We're going to go flying. You should do that soon. That'd be fun. All righty. What's the sexiest piece of lingerie you'd love to see me wear? Oh, the red the red stuff you have with the thigh highs. Mm. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say our matching pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> What's the naughtiest fantasy you've never told me about? The naughtiest fantasy I've never told you about. Hmm. I don't really know if I have one because I feel like we do just about everything I want to do. Yeah, like cream pieing my asshole. Yeah, that was that that one caught me by surprise for sure. Got to keep you on your toes, keep you interested. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're really into movies. If you could use any sexy movie title to describe our love life, what would it be? Basic Instinct. <laughs> I don't even know. I haven't seen that movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> if we had to make a soundtrack for our bedroom activities, which song would be on repeat? No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is that a song? <laughs> mm, let me think. It would just be the sound of my sweaty balls clapping against you. That would be the music. All right. <laughs> That's nice. Well, you <laughs> subscribe to my OnlyFans. <laughs> What's the most unusual or funniest thing that's ever turned you on? You saying no. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, my safe word is don't stop. <laughs> oh, do you have a secret talent? A secret talent. Would flying, I mean, flying planes, I guess, is not really a secret talent. It's a... Dropping bombs as a secret talent. I wouldn't call that a talent at all. That's not a talent. Okay, then no, he doesn't have a secret yeah, talent. No, no secret talent. Alrighty. Now, some questions that you are going to ask me. If our relationship was an OnlyFans content category, what would it be called and how would you describe its exclusive content? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, Interracial. Um, I guess the category... That, you know, some people are into. I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but um, interracial and that. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> what is uh, what's the funniest thing that you've discovered about yourself since become since becoming an OnlyFans content creator and escort? What's the funniest thing I've discovered about myself? Hmm. I've learned that I can do many things like pee on a birthday cake, tell men they have tiny little shrimp dicks pop balloons in a sexy way, apparently. Man, there's just so many things. You know, I'm very well-versed and I have a multitude of life skills and talents, actually. That's what I've learned. Contrary to the name of this podcast. It's facetious. I, I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. What is the most bizarre or amusing request you've ever received from a subscriber or client? And did you fulfill it? I get interesting requests all the time. And I actually love them because it's so fun to just do something different. It, like, and I'm talking about OnlyFans. I don't do anything wacky in person. But anyways, um, yeah, some guy has like a, a puppy fetish, I suppose. So he wants to be my little puppy. So I've made several videos where I'm like his owner or the vet. And, you know, I didn't really know that was a fetish, but, uh, you know, I think it's quite, I quite like it actually. And then recently, yeah, some guy, I felt so bad for him because he's like, oh my God, like, you're going to think I'm so weird, but I have a balloon popping fetish. Like, can you do that for me? And I just thought, well, that's not weird at all. Like, of course I could do that. <laughs> so I liked that. What else? Yeah, I'm, I'm very into the small penis humiliation. You know, I'm pretty much just down to do anything anything new it's a whole new world so i'm really into the fetish stuff so yeah i've got quite a, quite a few amusing requests so if you got an amusing request for me please come on by <laughs> or <laughs> subscribe to my only fans and i'll make you a custom <laughs> have you ever had a moment during a shoot we've done or an encounter that was just so awkward that you couldn't stop laughing afterwards oh my god i think the first time that we did anal on camera it was let's just say I was not having a good day and sometimes I struggle with IBS sometimes it's flaring up and we had to get this custom done so sometimes the show must go on so I was not relaxed and yeah watching that video back knowing that maybe I wasn't having that much fun it, it was just very funny because I was I asked you I said are you gonna come and you're like no, you're not enjoying yourself. I can't come. <laughs> well, exactly. I was just like, I don't really want to do this. But you're like, we got to do it. The show must go on. And I was like, you really don't want to do this. I could tell. And yeah, I think after that happened, we had a conversation and we were like, only when we're down. Well, yeah, especially for anal, like, you can't be playing with that. One final question. If you could go back in time and give your past self one hilarious piece of advice before entering the adult entertainment industry, what would it be? The one thing that I always think of when I think of my younger self, because I started doing this when I was 18, I would tell myself, lie about your age and say that you're 25 and be 25 for 10 years. <laughs> That's the one piece of advice because I, yeah, a lot of people lie about their age in this business. And I just don't think, you know, 60 year old men should be going after teenagers. I think it's a little bit predatory and creepy. And I get treated much nicer as somebody in my mid-20s now than I ever did as a literal teenager. So that's the one piece of advice that I always think of. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure having you here. Now we're going to have crazy sex. I'm going to praise him and tell him to breed me. So that's his kink. you have any parting words? No, it was nice having a conversation with you on this podcast. Finally, glad you're fucking doing it. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy when you listen to me. So <laughs> you guys are all welcome. I've been nagging her for two years now. So yes. here we are. <laughs> and if you're lucky, if this podcast is well received, maybe you can come on again. So if you have any questions for uh, my sneaky link man meet, feel free to text, email me, Curious Cat. And if you want to support me, all my links will be below. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to another episode of No Life Skills. Follow Ashlyn on social media at No Life Skill or at Adore Ashlyn. Be sure to like, comment, and hit that subscribe button. We'll see you on the next show.